for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to him. Back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has done it. The impossible has happened. The team vacates the dugout as Bartolo takes the long trot. His first career home run. And there will be nobody in the dugout to greet him. <laughs> this is one of the great moments in the history of baseball. Welcome to the May 18th edition of the Infield Flyers podcast. I'm David, joined as always with Brendan and Jonathan. How's it going today, guys? Great. Who can name that song that was just played at the beginning? JB, what song is that? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Other than her being awesome, I'm great, Dave. Cool, cool. As always, Brendan started us with his... Piano playing, baseball organ style. And uh, mm-hmm. we have some baseball stuff to talk about. But before we get all depressing, talking about how we don't know if we're going to have a baseball season, how things are looking grim right now, there was one ray of hope, one single ray of hope that came over the baseball airways today. It's that Bartolo Colon, big sexy himself, wants to come back for his age 46 season. I think he said it would be his last one, but who knows? I mean, I I want to see him come back. I want to see him in the National League, even though I guess it wouldn't even matter if it's National League because they're not going to hit – pitchers aren't going to hit this year. But still, just ha- I think it's better well, Dave, for baseball to have him he, pitching every five or six days. He'd actually be forty-seven. Not to—I don't mean to correct you—but um, he's turning forty-seven on May twenty-fourth of this year. So he'd be a forty-seven-year-old. You know, I starter. think the only pitcher I remember being older, at least me watching, was Jamie Moyer. I think he yeah. pitched when he was. Moyer was forty-nine, 49. right? 48 yeah, or something. He was like forty-eight. And then uh, I think Roger Clemens and. Uh, Randy Johnson pitched since their late forties too, but I don't think I think Bartolo Colon might be older than they were. Didn't Pettit also pitch till he was like forty five? No, I think Pettit he was forty four. I mean forty three or forty four. Really forty. Yeah. Julio Franco played till he was like fifty. True, but he was a reliever, right? Yeah, I think so. no. He was a first oh, baseman. I'm thinking of uh, what's his name? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Bartolo Colon played for both the Mets and the Yankees. He actually restarted his – he resurged his career with the Yankees and then really picked up his popularity with the Mets. I think he – what's he had? <laughs> I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's just a stack compiler. But he has to be close to, like, 250 wins at this point, right? Yeah. I got it right now. He's got 247 wins. Uh, three away from 250. He's got 188 losses. He's got a winning record. Um, he's weighs a lot. He's obviously super chubby, and that's what makes him so special. We love him for it. Um, he His first game, he was 23 years old. He played with the Indians and then went to the Angels, 
Red Sox, White Sox, Yanks, Athletics, Mets, and then he's played for the Braves, Twins, and Rangers. But he did not play in 2019. So he really is would be doing a true comeback, um, and it's just a matter of finding a team that would want him. But yes, he has he's three wins away from 250. So I think we'd all like to see him try to get it. You know, get what close if he to came that. back and was just like in insane shape, like really skinny, not the same Bartolo Colon that we uh, we all know and love? Would that take away? Would that take away I a mean, little bit from it? Yes. Hundred percent. I mean, what do you guys I think? I don't think so. I just think what makes him so great is that he's been able to just do this for so long, and he's you know he's one of those pitchers where uh, it's not it you know not just because he's ch- a little chubby, you know it's his antics. You know, <laughs> a little. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I know they call him big sexy. Um, I just think. His antics, the way he, you know, he appreciates the game and what he brings to the table. I, I think that's what makes us love him so much. I just love how he doesn't throw anything but a fastball. Like he hasn't thrown a breaking ball in like twenty years. He just throws his eighty-eight mile per hour fastball. <laughs> but it, every single time it moves a different direction, though. So I guess it works for him. And he has this. He has the same. He has the same. Uh, uh, expression on his face for ninety nine percent of his starts. If you haven't seen his bat, his obviously the home run, but the behind the backs flip in Florida that he makes, one of the best plays I've ever seen, and he's smiling the entire time. And that's the face you're talking about, Dave. I think that looks better on a guy that is, you know, his stature. You know, he's got to go into the guy, got to grab his, his fat rolls and he's got to play with them. Like, that's what makes Bartolo Colon big sexy. So, Jonathan, because you're a big baseball guy too, like, you know, I agree. I like, in the sense, he can come back no matter if he's skinny or fat and we still love to have him. But there's got to be a little part of you that's like, you know, big sexy really isn't big sexy without that weight on him, you know, and the way he just trots out there and, his helmet flies off when he swings. I mean, he's he's a legend. He's a living legend. And kids who are just starting to play baseball need to look up Bartolo Colon and watch him and study him. I mean, let's, because he he's phenomenal. Let's see how we, you know if he decides to go a little skinnier. Uh, let's see how he is compared to CC because if it's like CC, where skinny CC is a no, 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 no when pitching. Um, I, I think. <laughs> He's going to have to stock up on his platanos and uh, some salami. <laughs> I was actually going to bring that up because skinny CC couldn't pitch to save his life. And then fat CC came back and he was borderline an all-star for a year or two again. So maybe Bartolo Colon won't be able to pitch if he drops a couple of LBs. But is his, is his nickname right. the best nickname of all time? It's up there. I think it's. I think. It, uh, I mean, well, I guess the franchise is a pretty good one for Tom Seaver. Do you think he has the best Mets nickname of all time? For the uh, the franchise, I think. I mean, if we're being serious, the franchise is like the best thing you could probably be called. Um, but from the Mets perspective, I think Big Sexy is known throughout the entire baseball world, um, especially like now after all he's done and all the funny things that he just brings to baseball. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's been some good ones. I mean, David Wright's 
captain. He's not really the cap. I mean, he's not the Jared Cheater captain, but you know, if captain, um, you know, I mean, the big unit. I, I I just miss him. The big unit's a good one. Well, the big unit's a good one. Big, I mean, big poppy guys. We gotta be honest. Now you guys are Yankee fans, but that's a great that's nickname. True. Actually, that's another. That's another yeah. thing we could talk about. They did a poll. Well, WFAN in particular did a poll uh, of Yankee fan and Met fans of like which who what player is the most hated player for, for like the fan base and who do you guys think that was in the running we'll do first for the Yankees between just like between the two teams you're saying no like of any player who do you think Yankee fans despise the most of any player I'll say in the last 20 years cuz both the guys that were in it were in the last 20 years Probably, um, I can name two people. Manny, I, right? Manny. No, Manny wasn't on the list. I was surprised because he caused a lot. Of, yeah, I feel he like he would so many big, headaches. Big Poppy. Yeah, David Ortiz was one. A Rod. No, not a. They're all they're all opposing players. Oh, I was about to say. Um, oh, that Yankee fans yeah. hate the most. Who do I? Um, who do I hate the most? Is it also on the Red yeah, Sox? Yeah, they were teammates on hey, the Red Sox. Jonathan Papelbon. No. What? No more Garcia. Oh, no, I'm surprised. Mets fans probably hate this guy too because he didn't do anything when he signed with them. Uh, Jason nope. Bay. Uh, what? Uh, but, uh, but that's true though. Name? Quick side note about Jason Bay: he didn't do anything with the Mets. Armando Benitez. And he was. Wow, eight. this is a this is a problem. No, Pedro didn't... Martinez. So I, I think it was. I think, I oh, think duh. it was close. I voted because it was a Twitter poll. I voted for Pedro Martinez just because he was so dominant and he had the. He called. He started a couple of fights with, by throwing inside on on batters and which is like feisty as hell on the mound. He threw Don Zimmer on yeah, the floor. Yeah, all that stuff. Right. But I was David Ortiz actually won fifty one to forty nine, and I was surprised because like as much as David Ortiz killed us in his 10 plus years with the Red Sox like you can't hate Big Poppy like he's just one of those players where you have to enjoy watching him play right am, am I off base uh, there Jonathan uh, I mean I when I was younger I hated him only because this man <laughs> this man did not miss an inside fastball and it was the most annoying thing because you knew when he was coming to the plate oh shoot this guy is coming again and I think I hated him the most probably in the the 04 season, around 03, 04, he was just killing the Yankees. And it really just, I would just hate that look on his face when he stepped in the batter. I'm like, okay, someone just got to hit him. Because he's just, he was just killing the Yankees. And it is just annoying. Maybe I'm on an island then where I, I really don't hate Big Poppy. Like, I, I, the, the no, time I, where you're talking about, I agree with you. Well, you're a Mets fan, Brendan. He didn't cause, he didn't beat you in the playoffs a bunch of times. I know. But maybe I, I that think is, to me that doesn't matter. It matters, but he. I'm sorry, JB. Go ahead. This is a, a sensitive subject. Yeah, go I ahead. think real in us. You, go ahead, Dave. Like I think I know where you're coming from because, like now, like looking at Big Poppy, like I love Big Poppy. Like he's he's the funniest guy on earth. He's amazing. I think for me, the heat of the moment of me being a Yankees fan and like me hating the Red Sox. He was like enemy number one. I hated that guy. And for, I guess for myself, 
you know, when you see somebody kill your team over and over and over and over again, you're like, oh, shoot. But I, I don't know. Maybe that's why you don't hate them, but it could be anything. Yeah, that's. I think the later years in his career, like, you know how after the 2007 World Series, I think he kind of, he his career kind of dipped and then he came back. I think that's really when I remember him playing and I liked him at that point because the rivalry kind of died out with some of the players. The players kind of became friends, so it wasn't as strong. Maybe that's that uh, molded my view of him now. But Pedro, I just always remember being a jerk. Oh, can I throw I'm, another name who I hated just because I just remembered? Freaking uh, Kevin Euclid. Oh, my. Oh. Yeah, Euclid. Man. I, honestly, the entire the entire 2004 oh. to 2008 Red Sox team with Euclid, Pedroia, Ellsbury toward the end, Damon at the beginning, they were so they were all so hard to get out, and they were it was it was annoying to play against them. Yeah, and then when Kevin Euclid came to the Yankees, he didn't do shit. That egghead. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't two thousand four though. No. 2004 was like no, it was afterwards. Kevin, like that was like Trot Nixon and all those guys. No, Kevin Euclid was I think 07. Yeah, Euclid was on the 07 yeah. team. Yeah. And then they had, then they right. also had guys that you can kind of like, like Mike Lowell. It was a mixed bag. I'm surprised. Oh, I thought you were. What, what were you gonna say? I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying that the 04 team you didn't like very much. Well, because I, I got I didn't like I any mean, that of was those the whole, teams. Yeah. No, I, was, I remember Els, the Ellsbury's Pedroia were the later years, the 07 team. And, like, I just, I mean, I think going back to what you were saying um, about, like, hating Poppy versus Pedro, like, Pedro threw Don Zimmer to the ground, whereas David Ortiz, you hated him because he was a competitor. Yeah. I guess I compare that to a Met fan hating Chipper Jones because Chipper Jones destroyed the Mets. But was he really, like, a bad guy? Not really. Like, there's no really evidence he was an asshole. You know, well, that's so. a good segue into the Mets half of the poll. So, who Chipper Jones was one of the four. There were three other players. All, I think number one. I can tell. I can probably tell you without even looking this up. Who the there's four? four yeah, so players? you have Chipper Jones right now. Ooh, yeah, Chase Udley, hundred percent. Chase Udley is number one. Chase Udley for me is 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 I hate Chase Udley. I hate you, Chase Udley. If you ever listen to this, I hate you. I always will too. I don't think I'll ever be able to forget. Well, that's him. just because he was a dirty player um, for obvious reasons. Yeah, but should we explain? I mean, it's not the Tejada thing was obvious, obviously, but I think just over the years, he's just a he's not a cool dude. Um, Chipper, I now I hope that a Yankee is not on that list. Is a Yankee Actually, on that the list? Next, the last two are both Yankees. So, oh my, see, that's sad to me because, like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, one, I, one of them not deserves really any... to be on there. The other one, I think, is just out of spite. Is it Jeter? Yeah, Jeter's, Jeter's the on one there? I think is out of spite. That's disgusting. Because I don't think me. he really did anything yeah. to the Mets beside have the have the Yankees play at a higher level. The other one, there's reasons when you. Oh, I think you'll be able to get it if you really that, think about it. That's easy. Yeah, oh, Roger Clemens is the. Oh, yeah. It's the For fourth Piazza. one because of the yeah. Piazza thing, and kind of the same, kind yeah, of the Clemens same reason fine. why the Yankee fans hate uh, Pedro. 
I am not on board with that Derek Jeter argument, though. I don't. I I love Derek Jeter. I loved Robinson Cano before he got to the Mets. I actually liked Cano more on the Yankees than I do now on the Mets. Like I thought he's got like I I never was the guy. There's there's definitely so many Mets fans like me like that who are not like hating the Yankee players. Like it's one thing to root against the Yankees and like really do not like them, but you know you gotta love the game of baseball. Derek Jeter. Why do you hate Derek Jeter? Like what? What you know what I mean? Like what's your reasoning for hating Derek Jeter? Yes, he played well against our team, but he's so enjoyable to watch. Like the Mets sucked when he played; they suck. Yeah, tr- and they only played you know? against each other in the World Series in 2000. And at least, if I'm remembering correctly, Jeter wasn't the MVP of that game. I mean, of that series. So it's not like he destroyed them. Was he? Was he the 2000? No. I thought. I think he was 1999 MVP, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he was. Um, but you were right. Chase Utley is by. Oh, he was two thousand. No, he was two thousand. Okay, so maybe that's was. why. To be honest, I don't remember the Chase that World Series at all. Like I've watched repeats, but I don't remember watching it as a three-year-old or four-year-old, whatever I was. We were too young. I wish that happened. Like, if that happens, like in the next like ten years. That's going to be the best day ever. Mets and Yankees in a World Series. Well, I Imagine. think this year we probably could have seen it. It looks like the Yankees are the odds-on favorite to win in the American League, and the Mets are kind of a sleeper team, but they're a popular sleeper team to pick if everything went right. It's a big if, Dave. Well, actually, now if. there's more. If we have these, uh, these new divisions and stuff will be playing each other all the time so it won't even be special and before that comes up can i just ask a quick quote post a quick question who was fatter sydney ponson or (laughs) i think cologne but ponson was in his own who's up there if you google show cologne is technically heavier but ponson's like because like Cologne is strong. Like, he really is. Like, the only really part of his body that's not strong is his stomach. Sidney Ponson was chubby. Like, he ate cheeseburgers in between her, um, his innings that he pitched. He would go in, have a few Big Macs, go out and pitch the next inning. Like, he was a chubster. And if you look at him, like, his body, he just, you know, he, he's, he, he's got a blubber on there. Cologne's just got a thick gut, yeah. you know? But around that gut is, like, a shit ton of muscle. He's got a lot of strength and you know triceps like that video of him with the ropes from like three years ago whereas i think sydney ponson is just you know yeah i th- i think lover i think you're right if you did like a body full a skin fold test or something i think ponson would definitely look fatter in that and like that but i think cologne from looking at pictures side by side cologne's definitely got more of like a circumference on his on his stomach. <laughs> Do you guys want to know who's right up there with them? Jabba Chamberlain. No. Yeah. No, Jabba's think so. Two fifty. Yeah, but he's a big guy. Like these guys are like young, like I'm not young, like small tubby dudes. Like Jabba wasn't no. he like six one three? Jabba was pretty. Yeah, Jabba was like six but two. Ponson was six one. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> Well, why does Jabba Chamberlain look like he's like a a, a big like basketball player, and Sidney Ponson <laughs> yeah. looks like he's and like Jabba's five six, foot four? Jabba's six you know, two. at least 
I don't know Damn. if he if he got chubbier later in his career, but with the Yankees, he wasn't a chubby guy. I thought he was. Prince Prince was really fat. Prince Fielder. Don't forget. I mean, he just yeah, he he yeah. raked though. No, I'm looking at pictures of Java. Yeah. He looks like a pretty normal relief pitcher. How did how did you? Yeah, remember? I agree. Uh, actually, there's one picture I'm looking at when he was with the Tigers. He did get pretty big, but when he was a Yankee, he, he's pretty skinny. Relative, but how did you remember Sidney Ponson? Like that's such a. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just have a, a weird baseball. He mode. pitched. He had two half seasons with the Yankees. In 2006, he had five starts, 10.47 ERA. And in 2008, he had 16 starts and he had a 5.85 ERA. Yeah, I put Cologne and Ponstone in the same conversation most of the time. Do you guys remember, uh, what's this guy, Dimitri Young? Yeah, he was a big guy. He was like 295, I think, or something like that. He was, he was definitely there. really big. He was a DH, yeah. right, with the Twins? Oh, yeah, this yeah. guy. I don't remember him, but he's a big dude. And right now, Bronxton, Bronxton is up there also. Bronxton. Jonathan Bronxton. Bronxton's up there. JJ yeah. Putz. Remember him? He was a big Boy. guy. Um. Who else? Heath Bell was pretty chubby. There was another guy who was on the White Sox. The release was not Heath Bell. No. Um, oh, oh my God! His name was Reyes. I think. I think you know I'm talking about Reyes or something, right? Was it Varus? No. Nope. Nope. Uh, Hold on, I'm gonna get it right now. Jonathan Broxton is the heaviest in the major leagues right now, yeah, though. I think. I think. So. Wait, Broxton still pitch, pitches? Yeah. He was a he. He was with the Dodgers in like the early two thousands. Oh, Matt <clears throat> Matt Albers. Oh yeah, Matt. If you haven't seen Matt Albers, look him up. He is something else. He, I think he stands like he's six one. He's two twenty five, but he looks like he's three hundred pounds. <laughs> he might have lost weight actually. Look at him when he was on the White Sox, particularly. I mean, there was also Carlos Lee and the Astros. Yeah, he was a big guy. This, I like this conversation. This is good talking about fat New York, um, baseball players. Yeah, we definitely didn't plan this one up. Wait, how about Big Poppy? You can't even. He was, yeah, but he was. But, like, I guess the same thing of me saying, like, um, Prince Fielder, like, he was a beast. Like, I'm not saying the pitchers are not beasts, but don't you think it's relatively more funny to see a dude sprinting from the bullpen who's heavy as opposed to, like, David Ortiz hitting third for the Red Sox, hitting a shit ton of home runs. It's funny. Like, you know what I mean? Heath like, Bell it's funnier. joke out of it every time. He would, like, sprint all the way from the, yeah. from the bullpen to the mound. <laughs> Dude, Todd Coffey. I was watching this yesterday. Todd Coffey, I cry laughing. You got to watch Todd Coffey on YouTube. If you type it in right now, it's, like, 20 seconds. Every single time Todd Coffey took the mound from the bullpen, he full-on sprinted. And he was like a big guy too. It's hilarious. He was on the Brewers. He was on the Nationals. He's he's similar that way to like Matt Albers. I'm surprised they don't need like an oxygen take after. Like, how do you go and throw full speed pitches after sprinting to the mounds? Like, you're obviously not that con- conditioned if you're that big. I know. Have you guys seen that video of him sprinting? Yeah. No, but I can I imagine it. David Wells was pretty big yeah, too. Bad. 
Yeah, he was. Yeah, well, I guess back to what started this, Bartolo Colon said he would retire or met. Brendan, you said you're uh, you're about that, right? Yep, big time. I want him on my team. Yeah, I mean, you can never have too much pitching. You guys already lost Syndergaard, and I guess the fifth option is Waka. And is he really that much better than yeah. Colon? Probably. Uh, Well... Yeah, he is. And they Porcello, too. I mean, they already had the rotation set with the five of them. Porcello, um, Stroman, Mats, DeGrom, and Waka. But um, I think I'd want Cologne because who – he really probably – he the Mets probably don't need him, but there's going to be a team that's going to need him. Put him on the Pirates. The Pirates need him. Can you name even three Pirates pitchers? No. None of them. You know, like put Cologne on the Pirates and, like – Anywhere he goes, he's gonna become a. He's just gonna be the superstar that he is. Yes, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he hit the greatest home run in MLB history, and um, he just off James Shields, off James Shields in San Diego, and we were all in college when it happened. And I don't know about you, but I'm gonna say this on this podcast right now, Dan Frankel, if you're listening, you're the reason I heard about the home run. So thank you. That's why I want to say out publicly. And his roommate, Anthony, they both told me about it. And I remember missing it and I was so mad and I had to go watch it again. So if you haven't seen, if you have not seen the Cologne home run, check it out. But he should be a Met. What do you guys think? Where should he play? I feel like you could plug and play him anywhere. When, when he made his comeback with the Yankees, he was signed as like the sixth guy. And then we just had injuries, so he, he ended up being our third or fourth starter. That's kind of like the role he's going to play, I think. Hopefully we actually get uh, – and now this year with, like, no minor league and stuff, I think there would be more of an incentive for teams to add someone like Bartolo Colon, who they know could take the ball every couple of days. It's true. Right. 100% true. So we're naming this, this episode uh, – Bring back Bartolo, play baseball so we could see Bartolo Cologne pitch again. Bring back Big Sexy. Right. Yes, he needs yeah. to come back. So I guess moving on to the overarching topic. I'm kind of losing faith that we're going to have a baseball season. It kind of hit me this weekend. I was hopeful when I was hopeful up until I heard Blake Snell's argument, which was. He's an he's an idiot for doing it the way that he did it, but I mean he he has a point. I listened to Trevor, a Trevor Bauer interview, and he kind of laid out the same points, but in a more elegant manner that people aren't going to get upset over. And I'm I'm kind of concerned that we're not going to have a baseball season now after this weekend. Well, can we confirm or deny that the player association have accepted or denied the proposal? No, uh, they have they. They they're still in negotiation. the The points of contention seem to be, well, there's 67 pages worth of, like medical. I don't know if they're requirements or because you can't, you can't like tell it, you can't really enforce not celebrating like a walk off or something like that. But 
Uh, there's like 67 pages worth of suggestions for players to do, like they can't shower in the locker room. Uh, I think extra players who aren't in the game are going to be in the stands, like three seats apart or something like that. But the big point, so a lot of players need time to just read that over, I guess, because 67 pages isn't a quick read by any stretch. And then uh, the 50-50 loss split is, I think, what a lot of players a lot of players are uh, concerned about. Like Blake Snell said, it wouldn't be worth him to, to play for. He already prorated his salary to what would be half of the normal with this proposal because it's 82 games. And then he would have to prorate it even more based on the losses, which I think they said was like 640,000 per game is what, what the 640,000 per game lost for every game that they don't play without, without for every game that they play without fans. I'm just like, I agree with you, Dave. I, I had a, a realization this weekend about it not happening because it's just not baseball. You know, even like when you're a pitcher and you're trying to grip the ball and you can't lick your fingers because that's a very common thing baseball players do to get a better grip on your ball and you can't do that, you know, it's like a natural thing you do and now you're taking away different natural reactions and plans baseball players have. It's natural to, you know chew sunflower seeds in the dugout and it's natural to run toward your teammate who just won the game with a grand slam and mob the crap out of him like you know so i i i if coronavirus is very serious it really is and it should be taken seriously but if this is the extent we need to have baseball i don't know it's not it's just gonna be the weirdest thing that they go through with it i'm not gonna sit here and say I don't want baseball, but it's just going to be super weird to get used to. It's just not going to feel like baseball at all if they do it. Um, what if? Uh... No, ahead, I mean you're right. I think this is going to be uh, such a hard decision. I like you, Dave, have been losing faith after this weekend because I I understand where the players are coming from. You know that you're taking. You're taking huge risk playing towards the season with only, you know, 50% revenue. But I also understand, you know, you're only playing half the season, so you get 50% of the revenue. So it's it's, it's tough. Um, I think more – I think more revenue should go towards the players because, you know, they're the ones risking themselves, putting themselves on the lines. Uh, more than the fifty percent, but that's just me. Yeah, I think I don't know if the fifty percent is the problem because they already agreed to the prorated prorated uh, salaries back in March. The problem is the fifty fifty revenue split, and or not fifty fifty, the just the shared loss for the season because the the owners don't share any like excess gain that they have with the that they make with the players like they signed a 50 billion dollar deal or 50 million dollar deal i have trouble with zeros with numbers that big but they signed something you're an accountant yeah, i know it's bad we always <laughs> round to the nearest thousand uh sorry that that was no mean. it's cool <laughs> uh, oh, yeah damn. but they signed like 
that's awesome. They I signed like a big deal with Disney a couple of years ago, and they th- none of the players got more money over what their contract was because the league made more money than they expected. So why should they pick up the loss when it's not in their contracts that they don't have to do that? So I I definitely get that. Would you guys Would you guys feel like the season isn't valid if players like Blake Snell, Mike Trout, Clayton Kershaw don't play? Because those are the three of the guys that said for various reasons that they probably wouldn't do it unless everything goes right. It wouldn't. It, it's. I still agree. It just wouldn't feel like baseball. I think it'd be really weird um, to watch. I mean, you can't. The whole. What do you guys think is the most the worst part about their plan? Like what? Like for me, right away, the non high five, walk off celebration, no handing in lineup card, like kind of just the fundamentals of baseball not happening. The whole thing with like not taking a shower after the game and like testing yourself before you get to the stadium. Like we're in dire times right now. Whatever, that's fine. But like. The stuff that's truly baseball, it's going to be so weird to not see. And I think if how like if you hit a walk off home run, what do you do? Do you like stand in a corner and like wave your hands by yourself, well, six feet apart from your teammate? See, that's why they're not going to be able to enforce it because like Tommy Canley already came out and said like he's going to tackle someone if they hit a walk off home run. Like they, you're not going to be able to stop the adrenaline. Yep. And I think Boone. I would too. Bundesliga soccer started. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it started this weekend, and one of the teams didn't get penalized for breaking all the like celebration restrictions that they put on that league. So I feel like it's just going to be suggestions. They're not actually going to like find people or do anything about it. It's just so they say they cover their bases and say like, yeah, we're discouraging them from doing this, but we can't really stop it. So that's different, though. Like, if that's going to be the case and they put a plan together that said, this is what the CDC is recommending to do if you're going to be playing this sport again, but it's only guidelines and not, like, the government telling you what to do, then that's different for me. Like, that I can live with, right? Because then they're just going to be – they're going to go and do it. They're going to mob their teammates if they win. They're going to see the summer's going to come and, God willing, everything is well to be back to normal – they're going to want to hug each other and be normal baseball players. Yeah, but they can't the be penalized time, for that. Fair. I mean, but at the same time, yes, no. if someone is choosing to sit out because of, you know, whether it's financial issues, whether it's safety issues, one, you know, it puts the team not at 100%. So it comes, you know, at the end of the year when someone wins a World Series, did they really win a World Series if guys like Mike Trout, uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Blake Snell, and these top players aren't on there? You know? Yeah, that's the, that's the question. Like, it, it pulls into the – Right. I guess you could kind of look at it as, like, an injury. Like, you don't, you don't put an asterisk next to a team because they played a team in the ALDS who had their star injured. I guess you could look at it like that, but like if half the team, if half if a team tests positive, and they have to call up their AAA affiliate for three weeks of the season, then it definitely calls into question whether 
you should even have a league because every, pretty much every team that has major leaguers is going to be able to beat down those minor league Easily, players. You know? Right. I just don't like. I don't. I feel like we've gone through similar viruses in the past, like nineteen eighteen with the Spanish flu and with other outbreaks that have come up over the last. 20 years like SARS and the swine flu and we've just had it it wasn't as contagious but we still had baseball I don't get why we can't why we can't just play I especially if it's going to be in July ah it's ah it's tough um for a number of factors um it's tough to compare the 1918 Spanish flu to this only because of the various interactions that, you know, players have um, with the fans nowadays. Um, But, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to come down to how they're able to neutralize the virus and stop it from spreading. So, it's, it'll be tough. But, you know, yeah, I think we're going to have I think we're going to have an answer by Memorial I Day. Hope. At least that's that's kind of my feeling. We're going to know if cuz I guess it has to be because they want to start spring training in June and then start in July. So hopefully we have some good news next week when we're recording this podcast. Did you guys see Bryce Harper's proposal for a season? I actually like this better than the 82 games that the owners are throwing out. I did. It's in it on Instagram. Both sides. Yeah, he has. Uh, it starts in July. I guess July first because he says thirty-one days. And there's three hundred, a hundred and thirty-five games going to November fifteenth with double headers on Sunday and an off day every, every other Monday. I actually like that a lot better because it kind of takes away the revenue the revenue problem because instead of making half your salary, you're making whatever 135 over 162 is. So it, it, it helps with the proration of, of the salaries and also owners will be making more because that's 50 extra games that you could have advertisements out and collect TV revenue for. And then also the 10 team, round robin like college world series style playoffs is also kind of intriguing for the short I think the season. problem with that is one you're playing up until November where it's going to get extremely cold and yeah I think I think the playoffs would be in like a Las Vegas dome or, or and, something yeah, like they'd that they'd be centralized and two I just I I think it just won't I think by the end of the year, I just think the players are going to absolutely tire themselves out, especially, you know, playing playing 135 games in just that short time period and then playing double hitters on top, you know? Adrenaline's going to... Yeah, but with with 30 players and... I don't really think that that's the biggest issue. I know it's a big issue for the Players Association, but... I feel like with 30 players, you're going to have – and six-man rotations, which most teams are going to go with. I don't think player fatigue is that big an issue. There's there's ways you can work I around mean, that. you can, but you want your star players 
you know, playing as much as you can because it'll give you a better shot at winning. But yeah, but they only play. Most players only play four out of five days or five out of six days anyway. But you expect them to play a double hitter and then play next day as well. Well, no. After every Sunday double header, you oh okay. So every I I thought you said every other Monday. Okay, that makes sense. Well, yeah, the the Sunday double headers are only before a, okay. a Monday. I, I was day about off. to say that that'd be tough. Well, with thirty players, you could probably run out two different, two completely different lineups for the double headers. So no player would, well, some players probably would insist yeah. on playing, but not all the players would be playing uh, eighteen That's innings true. every day. I don't know. I just like I just like it a little bit better. He also says that uh, next season wouldn't start till May first, and then the twenty twenty two season would start on April first. So that's pretty normal. Just so they kind of have like a normal off season yeah. in between. I mean, I, I just I just like it a little bit better yeah. than the eighty two games. What do you What were you gonna no, say? I mean, I it's I I just want baseball either way. That's it. I just want baseball. I just want it back. I just want to watch it. And I just want to see the Yankees win. Why do you think it's so easy for, like, the Korean League to to get started and stuff like that? But it's it's looking increasingly difficult for baseball really in America politics. to come back. I think it's, you know, the underlying confusion of... Should we reopen? Should we not reopen? Should we reopen? And then there hasn't been a... Well, in New York, there has been a schedule safe plan to reopening, you know, thanks to the help of Governor Cuomo. And, you know, he did say earlier that, you know, they're prepared, you know, if, if the Yankees and Mets host games in the Bronx and Queens, which is great. Um, but at the same time, there's no really like natural national preparation for this. And I think that's why it's so hard uh, for, you know, just to reopen everything. Yeah, that probably plays a part. I think probably there's, I don't know what the ownership structure or how like contracts are written in Korea either. So that's, that probably makes it more difficult True. in our society. Yeah. Any closing thoughts on the uh, on baseball? Hopefully, we get it back. I don't know. How, should should we get excited, or should I think we should? Or should we wait until we at least have? I I just don't. I'm so back and forth. Like I want really want a season, but the more I think about it, the more I listen to what people are saying. It just sounds like it's it's not going to happen. It's not for this year. I mean, I, I think it's they're really pushing for it to happen. I, I think my gut tells me it will end up happening because they want baseball to come back. But I think a lot of fans are going to have to get used to a lot of different things to see on TV. It's going to definitely not feel like baseball. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, who run, Tony Clark runs the Players Association, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's the he's the one that's yeah. really outspoken. So and, I don't know. 
it's gonna be. You guys want to close by doing the uh, the putting together a team with your first team, <laughs> a starting picture, a starting oh. pitcher. What was it exactly? I think it was a starter, a reliever. Let me look. Back. It's more difficult for someone like myself, by the way. <laughs> Just so you know. Wait, what? It's difficult you... for someone with it's my difficult? first name. There's not many Brendans in Major League Baseball. No, I think it's just oh, they said oh. initial. So share their pitching rotation based on a pitcher with the same first initial as them, a pitcher with the same last initial as them, a pitcher from their least favorite team, and a retired pitcher at their current age right, and skill to... level. Dude. So you could actually pick Bartolo Colon, if you wanted to, because he's technically retired. Well, I get, maybe right, can not, you go not back and name those four again? Sure. So it's a okay. starting pitcher with the same first okay. initial okay. as you. A starting pitcher with the same last initial as you. Okay. Then. A retired pitcher at their current age slash skill level, and a pitcher from their with least what their first team. initial? Oh, nothing to do with initial. Okay, nothing to do with initial, and then a position player they think would make a the best pitcher. Nice. So just for while you guys put it together for context, I'll tell you who mine was. Just have to scroll through Twitter. I've been tweeting. Wait, too so much pitcher? I'm pandemic. sorry, Dave. Pitcher from your least favorite team? You said a pitcher. All right. Yeah. Why did I tweet this? I feel like this is gonna be hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm... Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely not easy, especially the first and last initial one, because you have to actually like look last through. name initial. Or... The one with the first name initial, one with okay. the last name initial. Okay, so mine was Dakota Hudson, pitcher from the St. Louis Cardinals, Garrett Cole, obviously the Yankees ace, Chris Sale, David Cohn is my retired pitcher, and Aaron Hicks, I think, would hit his arm. He could probably throw 99 up there. Ooh, I guess I'll go next. Um, mine would be Jacob DeGrom. Uh, Justin Verlander, a retired. Oh, that's a nice pitcher. one too. Pedro Martinez, and a pitcher position player who I think would be great at being a pitcher, Mookie Betts. Really? Yeah, Mookie yeah. Betts is good at everything. He's like what. It, 
he's a professional golfer, not golfer, bowler. Uh, obviously, phenomenal baseball player. They were talking. I think uh, Blake Snell and I don't know who the other guy. It might have been Luke Voigt. They were talking about it the other day. How he's just like pretty much good at anything he picks up. He it's because he uh, there was a video of oh, him running NFL, routes. Yeah. Like, at, like, at like his at his uh workout facility. Yeah, that's a that's a good rotation, JV. I, <laughs> I think yours beats mine skill level wise. Brenda, right, what do you so, got? Um, I did this kind of very last minute, so mine would not be. Um, I did more of like my favorites are. Um, not even that I think would win, but Bartolo I did have starting pitcher for first name. Because obviously it's Bartolo Day. For the last initials, me, there's actually a guy in the league named Tanner Rourke, but it's pronounced <laughs> Roark. So it just happens to be. I just think it's too close to not put that in there. Um, now, retired. That is, that's a good season. He's not bad. Retired pitcher at their current age, you said. So Tom Glavin, for me, was one of my favorites growing up, and he's a Hall of Famer, and he's just phenomenal he has the most one of the best control you'll control the pitcher you'll ever see didn't throw super hard but just constantly got people out and he's just amazing um zach wheeler i put for a pitcher from my least favorite team because he wasn't bad but now he's on the phillies um and then position player that would make the best pitcher is yoannis cespedes um because um, he would throw like 109 miles an hour probably and if you ever seen him play that throw from left field. If you Google it, it comes up. He was on the Oakland A's. He threw a strike from the left field wall to home plate, and I rest my case with that. If you ever want to watch and see why I said that. I'm Love surprised him. you like Tom Glavin so much, since he was, he was more like, of a brave than He sucked on the bats. He he blew 2007 for us. I like. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, that one yeah. 160 second game. I, I still remember. I, I was that at St. Dominic's High School getting a tour for the Catholic entrance exam, and I remember hearing that that they were down like three nothing because he blew it in the first inning. And I never saw my dad so mad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, Tom Glavin, man, I've always liked. I always, honestly, when I played baseball, I emulated David Wright's everything. But I did pitch for a little bit. I pitched on a few baseball travel teams growing up. And I did emulate Tom Glavin's windup almost to the T. I know he was a lefty, but he had the smoothest, most, like, seamless windup, if you ever watch it. It's just super, like, relaxing. But yet he was just so dominant. Like, Dontrell Willis, like, when you watch him throw, like, the leg kick and, like, it's just kind of scary to watch. But it's, like, cool at the same time. Tom Glavin was seamless. Right? You remember his rotation, how nice it was? Yeah, I used to I used to I think I saw him pitch get his three hundredth win and I think that's when I really became a fan. It was late in his career, but then I kinda looked back and have seen some of his starts on MLB yeah. network and stuff like that. We should talk next Definitely time really about good who pitcher. we think had the sweetest pitching rotations or the sweetest baseball swings. Ooh, that'd be good. I don't know if it'll. Li- I don't know if it'll live up to uh, talking about the. Uh-huh. It's not as good. We can definitely yeah, talk about. I like sweet, sweet, sweet swings and swing. best rotations. Yeah. So if that's if that's all we got, I guess the moral of the story is we want baseball yep. so we can see Bartolo Colon, among other reasons. Amen.
Amen to that. Cool. Cool. Great job, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast. Cologne. Have a good night.